Welcome, this is Raphael. And Catalina. You are now about to take your next step in the serenity centering journey. <sighs> Welcome to the Serenity Centering Journey podcast. I'm here with my favorite co-host, Catalina. And this is Raphael, and we're very excited to discuss the quote of the day. We picked a quote by Mr. Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. The only thing that evil cannot stand is forgiveness. That, of course, includes self and others. I love that. I love the idea of forgiveness. And when I think of evil, I think, for me... You know, there's so many different types of forms of evil. But for me, anything that damages any human being is a form of evil. Whatever is not good for a human being, it's a form of evil. And forgiveness is something to do with love. Learning to love oneself is the measure we love ourselves, is the measure we will eventually learn to love others. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I love this quote, and I really love, um, you know, what we're basically talking about is this forgiveness is kind of the highest form or the most extreme form of self-care. And I kind of love that because, I mean, there's nobody that is going to have a positive effect or a positive impact from being resentful and miserable and critical of themselves and other people. Like... I don't care. Maybe you've got outward success, but on on the inside, you're not going to be very happy. And partially, too, that, you know, um, happy, well-adjusted, peaceful people don't go around making other people's lives miserable. Um, But what came to mind for me with this quote, what I really loved, is that that scripture that says, love your neighbor as yourself. And I just love that because I think it's really easy for us to forget what... We can't give what we don't have. And so if we're not showing that self-love and that compassion to ourselves and kind of almost setting the example with doing, um, you know, treating others like we'd like to be treated, we can't, if if we treat ourselves like crap and we're constantly, um, you know, being hard on ourselves and critical of ourselves and beating ourselves up and making ourselves feel really awful when we make mistakes or when we're not perfect, like you're not going to be able to give anything but that to other people. So, uh, but I just love that because I think there are a lot of spiritual leaders that I've heard or religious people that are pretty well known who, you know, speak ad nauseum about forgiving others, which I think is very important, but they completely miss the part of the scripture that says, as yourself. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't just say forgive others. It says, or treat others. It says, or love your neighbor. It says, as yourself. <laughs> so if you're not doing it to yourself and it, it, the way it's worded is so interesting because it really, really clarifies that do this first, mm. like as you're it doesn't say love yourself as you love your neighbor. It says love your neighbor as you love yourself, meaning you have to do that first before you can go to loving your neighbor and treating your neighbor with compassion and things like that. So that's, that's what came to mind for me. I love that, Catalina. So well said. So well said. And, you know, also remembering that scripture passage you mentioned is what Jesus called one of his two great commandments. So, you know, I think in the Old Testament, there were 600, over 600 different rules they had to follow until they had the Ten Commandments. Or even when they had the Ten Commandments, you know, 
Ten Commandments is more of a simplification, but you, know, you have all these 600 rules, and then here comes Jesus, and he simplifies everything to two great commandments. And the first is love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one, as Catalina said, love your neighbor as yourself. And I love how you broke that down, the prerequisite, and we, we totally skip over it. So many people, it's so easy. I mean, I read that for so many years. I never thought I had to love myself. And I don't know about you, Catalina, but I didn't come out of the womb with a PhD or master's degree in learning how to love myself. Mm. I was very tough on myself. And that did not lead to interior peace. I can tell you that. So practicing this art, asking God for the grace to learn how to love myself and practicing it uh, through many different ways, through affirmations, through journaling, through other stuff, but really just taking the time to let myself be a human being, forgiving myself, allowing myself to make mistakes and not crucifying myself has been super, super helpful. It's so important because I find myself included and many others I've come across that we fall for that trap. We can be so hard on ourselves and we don't make the connection. It doesn't come easily that the way I'm treating myself is the way I'm going to treat others. And the extent of how much I'm learning to take care and love myself is the extent of loving others. But the prerequisite there, in my interpretation, is learning how to love yourself. And if you don't know how to love yourself, you can't love others well. And you will only be able to love them to the point where you can love yourself. And some people may disagree with that. I've had certain grudges that, for me, I didn't want to forgive myself. I was very hard on myself. I didn't want to forgive others. And I used to hold myself and others to extremely high standards. And guess what? That was a recipe for a lack of interior peace. I definitely was not centered. I definitely did not have serenity in my life. Um, so it's a, it's something that's vitally important as a foundational ingredient to learn how to love oneself and forgiveness is a huge part of love. When you talk about self-love or self-care, forgiveness is one aspect of that and probably one of the most important, if maybe not the most important, but I also love, um, first Corinthians 13, which is that really famous verse that says love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And I just think if any of our listeners want to think a little deeper on what does love mean, and I'm including self-love, versus pride or selfishness or other things that can sometimes be mistaken as self-love, true self-love, I think this is a really great example of like what you can think through and what it should look like versus what it shouldn't look like. Really great example, Catalina. Oh my gosh, that might be the greatest example. I love that. It's so healthy and so helpful and it's something that I have used Uh, for myself and countless others kind of breaking down each element of that beautiful scripture to kind of see where I'm at. And it's also a great prayer, each element to say, dear God, help me to be more patient with myself. Help me to be more kinder to myself and others 
patient with myself and others. Help me not to envy other people, but to be happy with myself. Um, you know, help me not to be arrogant or boastful, insist on my own way. It's definitely something, Catalina, I'd love to explore more with our listeners, maybe one section at a time to talk about how healthy that is. But, you know, so glad you brought that up. I think it's absolutely beautiful and so helpful, um, you know, in learning how to get more interior peace and more joy and more satisfaction and contentment. I wanted to ask you, Catalina, acceptance is part of love, self-acceptance. And I think those attributes you read from that beautiful scripture, um, you know, just what are your thoughts on acceptance being part of that? And how do you, how do you distinguish that? Or maybe you don't distinguish that as different from learning how to love yourself. But how is accepting yourself exactly as you are, as you are in the moment, knowing that we're all growing and learning and changing? You know, how, how did that, how does that apply to you on your journey? Or has that applied to you? And maybe I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about How's it been in the process of learning to forgive yourself? Has that come easy? Um, has it been a, a struggle? Um, and, you know, anything like that? Well, I think that, um, yeah, acceptance is really important. And I think if we would ask our listeners to, to think about, uh, take some time to really think deeply about moments in their life where they felt most loved, I think a lot of times uh, what would come to mind is an er- is an instance or an experience where they felt most accepted, meaning, you know, <laughs> kind of like that, uh, that lyric, um, come as you are, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, Nirvana? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's, it's exactly as you are, there's no changes needed. Mm. And, and it's interesting, because even as you were speaking, I was again, reading that uh, first Corinthians um, passage that I just mentioned to you. And there's not a single line in here that says love changes. <laughs> love changes you for the better. Love makes you do something. <laughs> love turns you into something different. Love knows best. And so it tells you what you should do and what you shouldn't mm. do. Really, all of this starts at love being acceptance. And I think when you're accepted with exactly who you are, there's this natural space where you move into um figuring out how you can improve as a person you know it's like when you're naturally loved and accepted like truly loved and accepted I think that it's a it's a natural like progression into I want to share this with other people how can I be a better person I just you know it's it's funny because there's that quote as well like hurt people hurt people and Mm. I think that it's true so if someone's typically you know if someone is uh if someone is being really obnoxious and hurtful to other people, typically they're in pain themselves because Mm -hmm. happy, well-adjusted people don't go around Mm -hmm. making other people's lives miserable, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, nobody's more miserable than someone who has a bunch (laughs) of resentments. Like nobody on this planet is more miserable than that. And it's funny because, you know, there's a saying that I love that, you know, resentment is drinking poison yourself and expecting someone else to get sick and die. Like, Mm. so again, back to the forgiveness is really, really deeply rooted in self-care because if you give it to yourself, you're way more apt to give it to others. And you're going to be a happier, healthier person being able to deal with stuff. Whereas if you're being resentful to yourself and holding grudges against yourself and other, like, it's just, there's no way Mm -hmm. out of this, you know? So, but, um, so true, you know, resentments is poison, like you said. And if you have that poison and that's really bad, 
because it blocks you off from a deeper peace. It blocks you off, I believe, from that energy, that grace, that relationship with the God of your understanding. But to have a resentment is one thing. Because if you, if you are at least aware of it, then there's something you can do about it. And you can go through the process of removing that resentment. And a couple of good things there, practices that help are praying for the person, the institution, the thing that you resent. Um, and asking for them whatever you want for yourself. It just works. Um, I know I've had someone teach me that. That you know I was really resentful towards a certain family member. And somebody told them, every time you feel that resentment... Say this prayer, dear God, help me love and accept that person exactly as they are, because that's how you love and accept me. And and this person advised me to do the same thing for myself. And it, it just is powerful and it just works. Um, but if you have a bunch of resentments and you don't know that you have them, that's even worse because you're unaware. So you're in denial and delusion. And to Catalina's point, Nobody wants to be miserable. So when you think of people who are negative, people who are uh, extremely sarcastic, you know, biting, um, any type of real strong negativity or bad behavior, they're stuck, you know. And I've had moments in my life where I've been stuck in that poison. And so we have to pity those people, not in a way that we're looking down. But knowing, if not for the grace of God, there go I in a million times worse. It's easy to happen. Uh, but there is a cure. And that's the whole reason why we exist. The serenity centering journey is to, to talk about this process of gaining more serenity, more interior peace and protecting and guarding that um, as we go along and being kind of having that flow within us flow out to others. So it's really beautiful. I just have one more thing to say. What? I pity the fool who has resentments. <laughs> I pity the fool who has resentments. Throwing in Mr. T. Catalina, I am very impressed. We had Nirvana tonight. Come as you are. Where'd you get that one from? That is fantastic. Usually, I'm the one who's more ADD-ish. And so I can come up with wild, wild things. But that's beautiful. I love that. And maybe that's something we can explore. Some of the lyrics on that. Uh, it's really cool. And I like your Mr. T reference. And we all know, you know, next to the Dalai Lama, the Buddha, Jesus Christ, no one was filled with more love than Mr. T <laughs> and Kurt Cobain. <laughs> so there you go. This was fantastic. Thanks so much. We got a new quote and a new pick coming to you very soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember what we always say? Take what you like and leave the rest. Love all our listeners. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for taking another step in the serenity centering journey. As always, take what you like and leave the rest. Until the next episode, make sure you enjoy each step of the journey. Peace.